broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them hello and welcome to another episode of the arizona 100 podcast I'm Adrian McIntyre. I'm joined here by Abby Fink. She's the publisher of the Arizona 100, my co-host and compatriot on this show. Hi, Abby. How are you? I am super. You know, I think I we should super. record our, our pre-recorded conversations because we get pretty fired up in our pre-show before we get ready, you know, kind of see how we're doing and such. That was a really good chat about just education and and titles and academia and all sorts of stuff. So we should let let our listeners in on that sometimes. I think the outcome of that 30 minutes we spent talking before we pressed record is that everyone should be calling you Master Abby. I, okay, uh, yes. Because with uh, Masters in Mass Communications from Arizona State University, you have certainly earned a level of uh, academic achievement that's not reflected in the way we speak. From the prestigious Cronkite School of Journalism, let's make sure we pay tribute to Mr. Cronkite as well. Absolutely. Yes. So how are you this uh, this good. week? We're winding up the year here. For some, they say it can't come fast enough. Uh, for others of us, I think we're going to roll right into 2021 with much the same conditions as we left 2020 with. How are you feeling? Well, I, I, I echo those sentiments. I think I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to wrapping up the year for all that it needs to be done uh, for for good, bad, and otherwise. And uh, I always think there's a sense of renewal and refresh when you hit January 1 and you can kind of look ahead. It, it is interesting to reflect on what I thought about turning to a new decade and on January 1 of 2020 would have never predicted the circumstances that we're in now. But, um, you know, there's been some positive things and some good things about the past year, but I will not be sad to see it in the rearview mirror, that is for sure. And you've written in this episode about a topic that I think is an important one, especially in light of what you just said, resiliency. What's on your mind? We've spent a lot of time in the last year talking about you know what's happening in our state and the different things that are going on. And, and probably the underlying theme of all of that has been resiliency, right? And that power of you know, adapting to whatever circumstances and adversity has presented itself. And those of us that, you know, can and have been able to adjust and adapt and, and look at things from a different perspective is why I think our state is doing okay. And, um, you know, that, that power of problem solving and figuring out, you know, what we need to do and how we need to do it is um, I think been pretty evident and and why, you know, here we are at the end of the calendar year and we're still seeing successes in our communities and we're still seeing organizations um, doing well. Certainly that's not to say that everything is rosy for everyone. There are still plenty of challenges ahead, but that sense of resiliency and, and commitment to doing what it takes to come out of this, I think is um, something really to applaud and to celebrate here as we wrap up the this crazy year that we've had. Well, it's certainly an important part of business and and economic growth because, you know, on the one hand, especially in when times are good, it's easy to think of growth only in terms of the positive upward trends. Uh, and yet growth doesn't happen without an ongoing resiliency, an ongoing persistence into the future in the face of difficult and changing 
conditions. I mean, I've got plants in my front yard that as the weather turns cold, as it has in a couple of days, uh, do less well <laughs> than right. they do. So, But they're resilient. I know that even though they turn brown and uh, you know the flowers go away, that you know come May, they're going to be perked right back up again. Um, so it's it doesn't economic growth and development, which I know you've got a lot to say about in this in this issue, is not something that's just a one way street when things are good. Well, I think that's a really great analogy because you know if we if we kind of apply that, you know we all kind of hunkered down and buried deep into our you know grief of what this um, pandemic was doing and the impact it was having on our personal lives, on our health, on our businesses, and we you know we spent those first few months just just get through it, just get through it. Let's figure out how to do it. And then we kind of popped our head out a little bit and we started to see some some opportunities. And maybe if I do something a little different or switch it up a bit or make these kinds of changes and not give up what was there, um, maybe at the end we'll see some some success. And as you, you know, throughout the summer, we started to see some things. And then again, this is not to discount the challenges that everyone is facing and not, and certainly not saying that everything is is perfect, but we when we can find that sense of resiliency and that sense that we we want to take all these these lessons and learn from them and then reapply them to you know to what we can do and where where are our strengths our strengths are still there how do we reimagine and and put those back to work and so you know i've seen that with the um, with our nonprofit organizations across the state many of which were completely um, throwing a curveball when this happened, you know, if they're delivering service in a face-to-face environment and all of a sudden, you know, they can't be face-to-face, how are they going to do that? Well, welcome to technology, telemedicine, telehealth, things like that. We're able to allow them to adjust. Um, the, the social services agencies, education, we've talked about education before. They were not equipped to do learning in a virtual environment when this first started, but they figured it out. And thanks to some really um, dedicated uh, teachers and administrators said, we're going to figure this out. Parents, be patient with us. We're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, it it was interesting to read earlier about, um, you know, Google had a bit of a, a hiccup earlier which caused all these classrooms to have to be, you know, paused for a couple hours. The new, the dog ate my homework is now I don't have an internet connection, but it really was true. And yet they persisted and they came through it and class resumes as it's supposed to. And so, you know, we're, we're watching this sense of resiliency happen in probably places that we wouldn't normally have. And, and I think here in, in Arizona, the, and when we, an organization we've talked about before, the Arizona Association for Economic Development, is really the association of those in our state that are responsible for growing our community, you know, economic growth, development throughout the state. And they're the people that bring new buildings, bring new businesses, bring, bring this economic prosperity to the state and we weren't moving and people were not making these kinds of decisions back in March and April and May. They weren't looking at, and, and yet an organization like AAD and the members that represent um, the cities and towns and counties in our state and our, the private sector that are responsible for growth said, this is not going to be who we are. We've got to continue to do some things. So we took a look at at that organization and and some of the um, programs that the organization itself has been able to do over the ca- um, past year in terms of education programs, focusing on particular areas like our rural communities and our tribal communities, 
And then what are you doing and how these cities and towns reimagined some of their, their uh, programs and goods and services. So this, this issue, the last issue of the year um, is all about resiliency and all about what our, our folks across the state have been doing to really reinvigorate and reimagine what it is that our communities can look like in a very innovative and creative way. Well, certainly the organization itself, the Arizona Association for Economic Development, has had to pivot and adapt and come up with new creative ideas for programming and for serving its more than 500 members throughout the state. I mean, typically, in before times... BC, I refer to it as BC, before COVID. Economic development involved a lot of in-person meetings and um, a lot of site visits and a lot of traveling around IRL, since we're doing acronyms today, traveling around in real life, uh, because it was bringing people together, the, the private sector and the public sector, as well as others from out of state who might be interested in relocating, all of those kinds of things, uh, leadership in different communities around different places, whether municipalities, tribal governments, all of that. And of course, when you're not meeting in person and you're not going to the places to do those site visits, uh, the Arizona Association for Economic Development had to figure out and become creative and resilient themselves. What are some of the things that they did? Well, and that's, that's it. For most of our businesses, right, that personal interaction is so critical. So when that gets taken away, what do you do? How do you highlight your business? How do you show the, you know, the city of Page or Sierra Vista or Globe, if you can't bring people, you know, in and, and tour them around your city, well, you take the city to them, right? You get out and you figure out, again, technology, you uh, figure out how to do walking tours throughout your community so that others can participate. And you create these passport events and such that says, you know what, I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about what they're doing in Surprise or what they're doing in Page. And I'm going to participate in that 45-minute virtual event. Education programs became a real important effort. Um, not that there was always um, a focus a couple times a year on, on symposiums and programs, but being able to deliver these things in a virtual environment created opportunities for individuals that might not otherwise have had the chance to go. There's always a cost involved in attending, both from a actual hard cost, but also the time away from the office and, and other things you might do in, or, in your own personal life to be able to attend things. But to log on to a, a couple different sessions, you know, over a couple hour period and still be in your work environment and, and doing what you need to be doing is pretty significant. And, and earning... Um, certification programs that were offered, you know, that that uh, raised the um, education level of the of the professionals in the industry. Just a few of the things that they were, um, you know, always doing, but being able to do them differently. And what we were hearing from the membership is really the chance for some folks that may or may not have been able to have done this in a in-person environment due to budget constraints or other things. We're, we're able to ma manage that a little bit differently because it didn't require all the other expenses that go along with it, hotel, food, transportation. I can log in on my computer and take a class or two um, on my time when they're available. And this impact in, in working with those economic developers across the state meant that their that information was being taken back to the local level. And we know, and this is probably a fair statement on all sorts of things, the larger picture, the, 
you know, the, the state government, the, the elected officials at the state level, set policy, create platforms for things. How we implement it down at the local level is really where we feel that that impact. And so being able to bring that kind of information all across the state and allowing the the members and those in this industry to really put it into action and make it work for us um, on a larger scale was was pretty important. And when we reached out to the members and said, you know, share with us some of the things that you're doing, what's making 2020 still be a successful year as you round it out. And we heard things like subscription programs. We heard things about bringing new businesses to the communities, business improvement districts, business incubators, where they were gathering individuals with like-minded thought process to collaborate on things, focuses on downtowns, you know, which are a real vibrant part of any community. How can we focus and bring new and improved businesses to our downtowns, technology. Um, it's just, and, and, and the sense of collaboration that was happening, all the businesses in the communities were feeling the same kind of impact. How can we support each other? How can we help each other out and, and see a success and a win for all of us? So when you glance through this month's, uh, this week's issue, you're going to see um, maybe some focuses on communities we haven't talked about before, but really innovative and creative ways of taking this, you know, this concept that we're in right now and applying it and really, you know, stepping up and and using those problem solving skills to be, you know, resilient and bring um, bring resources to this challenging time we're facing. I think it's such an important contribution to our awareness of things because there is certainly a tendency much as you know national conversations tend to be dominated by the coasts here in the state of Arizona there is a tendency to focus a lot on the big cities Phoenix Tempe Tucson so this highlighting of things happening in Page in St. John's uh, in Payson is one of the things that certainly the Arizona Association for Economic Development does very well. Uh, and it's also something that the Arizona 100 is keen to do. And that is really shine a light on things happening throughout the state, not just the usual suspects. Right. And, you know, that's been the probably the, the funnest part about putting together the the Arizona 100, the e-newsletter, our website, and of course, talking about these organizations and such on our podcast is really having an opportunity to, to kind of take a peek at what we're doing in, in, a, in for places that might not normally get the large-scale news coverage that um, some of the bigger companies get and certainly those that are in the more metropolitan areas. But what is interesting to me and what you and I have talked about before is that there is a real innovative spirit here in Arizona, a very entrepreneurial spirit here in Arizona. And even in this challenging of times, we have seen new businesses come on board. We have seen existing businesses grow and change. And we have seen this sense of, um, to me, the sense of collaboration and support um, that really has allowed that to happen. And this is not a, you know, a false sense of security here that, you know, all everything is great because there are still plenty of challenges in our, in our communities are in many places are still struggling. But the, if we go back to this idea of resiliency, there's a lot of energy being, you know, spent in how are we going to make these things in spite of the challenges that we're having? What do we do and how are we going to make it, you know, continue to be successful? And maybe just having the 
you know, the calendar flip to the, to next year gives us that sense of renewed energy. And I'm not one for, you know, resolutions because I never meet them. So it's the only resolution I make is never to make a resolution. And that one I can keep. But, um, but more goal oriented and more, you know, what am I going to do this month so I can be around for next month? And what are, what are my challenges and how am I going to accomplish them? And, and that to me is a much more attainable and really more forward thinking and has a very positive feel about it. You know, this is what I want to accomplish versus what am I going to stop doing? I'm going to not do this anymore. Feels a little bit um, backwards to me. I feel like we should be looking ahead and, and projecting what we'd like to accomplish. And so I hope, you know, that some of these stories are are seen in that regard and that it's about what we've been able to do and that this you know, is as challenging as this year has been and as difficult as it has been on on people personally and professionally, uh, the new year gives us an opportunity maybe to, you know, reinvigorate and re-energize and, uh, and repurpose some of that energy into something positive again for the new year. All the specific examples are in this issue of the Arizona 100. Each story is exactly 100 words, so it's it's not a big time commitment, but it does change your perspective when you are able to see the range of different projects, different successes, different ways that people in our state have adapted to their challenges. You can get this issue. Uh, it's free. It's online at thearizona100.com. You can subscribe there as well so that each new issue lands in your email inbox. And of course, this podcast will continue to share with you some of our thoughts and perspectives as we reflect on the things that show up in the virtual pages of the Arizona 100. If you have story ideas that you want to submit for consideration, please send them to editor at the Arizona100.com. Abby Fink and her team will review them. A lot of opportunities in this coming year for sharing your story in new ways uh, with people who care about what's happening in Arizona. Abby, thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. Thank you. Have a good holiday season and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. For all of us here at phx.fm, I'm Dr. Adrian McIntyre. We'll see you next time on the Arizona 100 podcast. 